Ah, I'm so glad you're here. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Lord Bloodraw. I host horror and science fiction films on my TV series, Lord Bloodraw's Nerve Rack and Theater, but here, in this cool, intimate darkness, I'll be presenting tales of horror and the uncanny solely for you, alone. In this auditorium within your mind, you will coalesce the settings and the players from the ether of your imagination. Your terror will be your own creation. This is the sorcery of sound, the subtle magic of old-time radio horror. horror. Please leave your eyes at the door. You will not need them. This is Lord Bloodraw's Nerve Rackin' Auditorium. Tonight's tale is an unusual one, even for this ethereal venue. It involves love, deception, betrayal, and paranormal perception. The kind of perception that leaves the more mundane senses utterly useless. Here, from Mystery in the Air, comes the tale, The Great Barastro. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre, presented by Camel Cigarettes. You're Mr. Amos G. Hall, aren't you? Yes, I am. Who are you? I'm Barastro, the hypnotist and magician. They call me the marvelous Barastro. What do you want? How did you get in my office? I said I was a magician. I do such things. Well, why have you come to see me? Why? Because you're a great lawyer and, and I'll have need of your services soon. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Because tonight I, I shall commit a murder. Each week at this hour, Peter Lorre brings us the excitement of the great stories of the strange and unusual, of dark and compelling masterpieces culled from the four corners of world literature. Tonight, The Marvelous Barastro by Ben Hecht. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre, brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. 
The famous criminal lawyer, Amos G. Hall, sits staring into the hypnotic eyes of the marvelous Barastro, who has just announced that tonight he will commit murder. Yes, Mr. Hall, for, for a long time, a long time, I, I have dreamed only one dream, to kill this man. Why? Who is he? Rico Sansoni. Have you heard of him? No, can't say that I have. Well, he... He's a great magician, a great hypnotist, yes. He, he's clever. He's too clever. I've hunted him from country to country, from city to city, all over the world. Sometimes I've almost caught him. In London, I, I only missed him by only two hours. But tonight, tonight I shall meet him face to face. You know where he is then? Right now? Yes. Rico Sansone is here in this city now. Tonight, he opens in his first stage performance, and I'll be there, waiting for him. Hmm. Well, uh, apart from the uh, legalistic aspects of the uh, uh, case, uh, why do you want to murder this man? Why? Listen closely, Mr. Hall, and, and perhaps you'll know a part of my hate for this, for this fiend. Oh, it began some time ago... I was traveling with a small carnival through Eastern Europe. I cast horoscopes, I, I read the future, I revealed the past and conversed with the spirits. That is how I earned a meager living. Well, one night our carnival came to a village, oh, somewhere in Malorussia. Peasants and the villagers gathered around our tents and wagons and, and through a hole in a black box where I stood, I watched the crowd while a barker made his speed. Barastro, the magician who speaks with the dead, tells the future, reads the secrets of life. Barastro, who reveals the past. Then I saw her. She had a young and gentle face. She was beautiful. Oh, so beautiful, I, I couldn't take my eyes away. And then, then to my indescribable joy, a, a peasant led her in, and, and I saw at once the girl was blind. This is my granddaughter, Anna. She would like you to tell her fortune. Can you tell my future? Mm, yes, I... Yes, Anna, I can. Will it be a happy one, my future? Well, show me your hand and, and I'll tell you. Here. I took her hand. And suddenly I, I felt a chill. I, I could hear the voices which foretell the future. Fly, fly, run, run. Yes, I, I could hear them and... And fear, a great fear, gripped me. But, but the girl's beautiful, sightless eyes, they were so full of hope and faith. I, I couldn't. I, I just couldn't tell her the truth. Spirits promise you great happiness, Anna. Oh, thank you. Yes, your, your hands will touch beautiful things, and, and love and great happiness await you. Oh, thank you, sir. Oh, thank you, thank you. was the beginning 
Her face never left me that night, and I couldn't sleep. The next morning, I looked for her, and I found her. We walked through the hills, and and she spoke of the trees she could not see. I call that tree lullaby, because it sings when it sways in the wind. Yes. And this other I call prayer. They told me its branches opened toward heaven. with her that whole day and the next and the next and we walked often in the hills and the forest and she knew every turn in a path we were in love and and when it came time for the carnival to move on I asked Anna to come with me as my wife you make me very happy Gregor I could live only with you I love you with all my heart And I love you with all my heart, Anna. And I'll care for you and I'll protect you. And you'll teach me, Gregor. You'll teach me to see. To see? One doesn't need eyes to see as you do. No, one does not. Oh, please, Gregor. Teach me to see beyond the horizon. Mm. Please teach me to see as you see. Yes, Anna. My sweet little Anna. And the day we were married, we rode together in a gilded wagon and, and our vows were taken under a clear sky. But immediately after, the sky suddenly changed. I realized what I had done. It was I. It was I who was carrying out the terrible message of the stars. For it was I that fate had selected to destroy her. From that moment on, I was haunted. One evening, it was less than a month later, I I stood in a black box outside my tent and I knew it had come. That graceful, smiling man who stood before the tent, he, he was studying Anna. Not once did he take his eyes from her. You, you, why do you stare at her? Let go of my eye. I don't want you to stare at her. Who are you? That makes no difference. She's my wife. Oh, I must humbly beg your pardon, sir. You see, I was admiring your wife. Yes? Uh, allow me to introduce myself. I'm Rico Sansoni, the hypnotist and magician. Oh. I'm going on a world tour soon, and I'd hoped she could join me as my assistant. I feel she has remarkable psychic powers. She is blind. I apologize doubly for my seeming forwardness. Oh, I knew. I knew he sensed the ominous shadows around her as I did, but but then he smiled and and I was disarmed and and soon I became interested in his talk. He he talked like a friend. He flattered me about my knowledge of the secrets of our profession. I notice you performed a disappearing cage trick, Barastro. Yes, I do. A most difficult one that you perform well, magnificently. Thank you. <laughs> well, come, Sansoni. I'd like you to meet my wife. She, she's here in the wagon. Delighted, my dear Barastro. It's a privilege I'll not forget, let me assure you. Oh, Gregor. Hello, Anna. Gregor, who is that with you? Oh, it's a gentleman I want you to meet. 
Anna, this is Rico Sansoni. A great pleasure and a great sorrow. You see, I've been watching you tonight in the hope I could persuade you to become my assistant. But now I learn you're this charming gentleman's wife. Mm. How fortunate is the marvelous Barastro. <laughs> marvelous Barastro? Anna, did you hear what he called me? Anna, what's the matter? Have you no word of greeting for our guest? No. What's the matter, Anna? I have nothing to say. I'm sorry. You see, my wife and I, we, we seldom have visitors. I understand perfectly. But I hope that she will like me when she gets to know me better. And so, Rico Sansoni entered our lives. In the days which followed, he attached himself ever more closely to us as a lonely man would who, who seeks the friendship of those he likes. But Anna, she would never trust him. Sometimes after he would leave at night, she'd whisper. I don't like him, Gregor. I don't like... Why? I feel something strange from him. And I, I like a fool, I, I would always defend him. I'd, I'd remind her of his gay talk and, and how he made us laugh and how interested he was in me and my methods of magic. Oh, I was flattered that, that even Rico wanted to learn from me. One night, Anna and I had just finished our dinner. She turned to me. She had a troubled expression on her beautiful face. Gregor, there's something I must tell you. What, my sweet? Are you getting tired of this kind of life? Huh? Oh, no, no, Gregor. It's this afternoon. What about this afternoon? What about it, Anna? Rico. What about Rico? This afternoon, Rico came here and talked to me as he always does. Yes. I suspected nothing. But then he took my hand in his and, and asked me if I loved you. He asked you what? If I loved you even more than happiness or life. What did you say? I, I was so frightened. I, I just asked him to leave. I, I don't like him, Gregor. I'm afraid. But again, again, I reassured Anna. After all, what had happened? Nothing. Well, our friendship continued. Weeks passed. The carnival had moved to Hamburg, and, and we had taken an apartment in the city. We spent the days together, and he was more and more interested in my every word and thought and mood, and, and as always, I was flattered by him. You have a funny way of saying beautiful, my friend. Hmm? How is it again? Beautiful. Yes. Yes, that's it. Beautiful. Look, Rico, you were telling me about that. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, I like you, Gregor. I like you very much. Yes, amazing, isn't it? How one can be taken in by flattery. Yet so clever was he, I, I never realized the terrible truth of his friendship with me. I was in my tent one afternoon when a warning swept over me. It was all of a sudden, but, but I couldn't mistake it. I, I left the tent and I, I hurried to the apartment and carefully I, I opened the door. Yes, yes, there was Rico standing with his arms around my wife. 
Her face raised to his lips. She kissed him. And then I heard him talking. It was my voice he was using. My voice. Completely mine. his voice. A nameless fury seized me. Now I knew why he'd been so interested in me, why he'd spent so many hours with me. He'd learned, he'd learned to perfection how to use my voice. Now, now his words seemed to come, come from my own throat. I, I sprang forward, shouting, Rico, Rico, Anna, Anna, don't, don't touch him, don't, don't get him. G. Hall, the attorney, sits at his desk fascinated by the magician Barastro as he tells his strange story. Now the attorney leans forward. That is incredible. Yes. You mean this Sansoni had studied your speech and mannerisms so perfectly mm. that he was able to deceive your yes, wife? Yes, incredible as it may seem. Well, uh, uh, go on, go on. Fine. I hardly remember rushing across the room. Or all I could think of was was to kill this man, to kill him. Anna screamed, and, and he and I, we struggled across the room over, over chairs and, and tables against the walls and the window. I, I saw him through my rage. Every feature had changed. He was Barastro. There were two of us. Yes, two. Barastro screaming, screaming, together fighting. Then, then he had me by the throat. His strength was terrifying. The breath began to leave my body as, as this horrible fiend changed and, and he became Rico Sansoni again. Barastro, have mercy, man. Gregor, Gregor, you're killing me. I am dying. Yes, he was pretending it was I who was killing him. He would kill me and, and live with Anders Barastro. His cruel eyes burned into mine, and, and he leaned close to my ear and whispered, You fool, I'll kill you for her. It was then, it was then that I cried with all my might, Anna! Anna! And then, then suddenly a, a great darkness flooded over me. I don't know how much time had gone by when I opened my eyes. I looked around the room. It was gone. Then I saw Anna. She was crouched against the wall. I, I tried to whisper. Anna. Anna. I began to, to drag myself across the floor to her. When I got to her side, I, I tried to reach for her hand. She pulled it away and screamed. And then I realized her terror. Who was in the room with her? Was it Rico? Was it her husband? How could she know? 
I pleaded with her. I assured her again and again that Rico had gone, but but she remained against the wall, her, her hand held in her teeth and staring, staring into the terrible dark around her. Frantically, I, I searched my mind for words, words to tell her it, it was really I. Look, Anna, listen. Remember, Anna? Remember our walk through the hills? First time? Huh? See, remember, Anna, your trees? Remember them? One you called lullaby? And the one whose branches pointed to the sky? You called it prayer. See? See, Anna? It is I. Listen, listen carefully. Look. Look, remember I read your future? It's the first time we met. I said, uh, the spirits promise you happiness and your hands will touch beautiful things. Love and great happiness await you. And you said, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Gregor. Rico had disappeared, but from that day on, I had only one thought to guard against the day I, I knew must come. all over Europe, and, and she learned to smile and be happy again, and, and at times I felt her fears had left her. Vienna's such a lovely city, Gregor. I knew it would be like this in the spring. Gregor, these mountains, they're like the ones near my village. Mm-hmm. Why, I can almost see them. Wonderful to be home, Gregor. Yes, yes. To walk in our hills and over the old paths again. Well, at last I felt it was safe to get a job in a cabaret. I had to get a job. Our, our savings were almost gone, and I had only worked there two weeks when, when I felt that same terrible warning sweep over me again. Choked and dizzy, I ran to our cottage. Yes, yes, Rico was back. I stood there, motionless, silent, listening. <laughs> Anna, my beautiful Anna. Oh, my Gregor. I heard her laugh like a child. All I knew, I... I had to kill this devil who would take my wife, my my identity, my, my happiness. I am sure if I had been able to think, I would have realized that I shouldn't rush into the room because cause it would kill her. I'm quite sure Rico knew it, but all I could think was I had to kill him. And then, well, Mr. Hall, I, I had a terrifying idea. What if Rico killed me? He'd go on living with her as Barastro, and she'd never know. See, Mr. Hall? <laughs> well, I opened the door and walked in. Anna, 
Don't touch him. It's Rico. This, sir, is my memory of Anna. She tore at her eyes with her hands as if to tear away the darkness. As I rushed to her, she she fell. She didn't speak again, and the next morning she died. Huh? Sansoni. I think you understand now, Mr. Hall, why... why I'll kill Rico Sansoni tonight... Now you know why I may need your services to defend me. No, not my life, but but my name and my honor. Good night, Mr. Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, I've practiced criminal law for 25 years, and I've heard many strange tales. But that night, I couldn't sleep. The next morning, there was an item in the paper. A train had hit a car in which two magicians were riding. One was killed, his body so badly cut up as to be unidentifiable. The other was in the hospital. I hurried over there, made inquiries, and went to the room. I quickly told the nurse my business, and she led me to the bed. Two burning eyes, all that was left of a face, stared out through a mass of bandages as the nurse leaned over close to him. Your attorney, Mr. Hall, is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Well, I, I guess you will not have any need of my services after all. Mm-hmm. The police haven't placed a charge against you, mm-hmm. have they? Police? <clears throat> Why should they? It was an accident. Just a bad accident. Well, it, it must have been perfectly done. Uh-huh. You know, the only thing I don't understand... How could you have killed him in the accident and not be killed yourself? Well, I... I'm the marvelous Barastro, am I not? Why don't you believe me? Next week, Mystery in the Air, starring Mr. Peter Lorre, brings you The Lodger by Mrs. Bellock Lowndes with a special musical score composed and conducted by Paul Barron. Listen again next week at this same time when the makers of Camel Cigarettes present Mr. Peter Laurie in Mystery in the Air. The artists supporting Mr. Laurie were Henry Morgan, John Brown, Barbara Eiler, Howard Culver, Jane Morgan, and Russell Thorson. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood wishing you all a pleasant good night for Camels. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Poor, sightless Anna was driven to madness and death by Sansoni's evil deception. Barastro was blinded by Sansoni's flowing compliments. 
until he finally saw his true intentions. And you? You with your fine five senses. Tell me, who is it really that lies bandaged in that bed? Thank you for joining me in the Nerve Rackin' Auditorium, and I hope you'll come again. But now it's time for you to rejoin the, uh, real world. I am Lord Bloodraw, and I'll be waiting here for you in the shadows of your mind until the next time you seek the darkness. Good night. <laughs>